Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, where we talk about the methods and technologies for driving growth. I'm your host, David Lewis. And what we're going to talk about today is your rise, if you want, to CMO or to VP of marketing, what it takes, the expertise that you need, the lessons that you need, the skills that you need, um, how to master the art and science of marketing, which is absolutely required in today's modern marketing leadership role. And I'm very excited to have my guest on the program for you guys because we've known each other for about 12 years now, and I have seen her make this ascension that we are going to talk about today. When we met, she was not the head of marketing, and we'll talk about that role in just a minute. And I've watched her have a phenomenal career uh, going to different companies, uh, trying out that director level, VP level, CMO level, and she's going to share learnings with you. So I'm really excited because here we talk about methods and technologies for driving growth, but the most important aspect of what it takes to drive growth is you and your team. So, Christelle, thank you for Hi. joining. Hello. Thank you. This is great. I'm excited to be on. We met, as you remember, at Taleo way back in the day. Taleo is a brand that I don't even know if people know about because it was acquired by Oracle and got folded up into their business. But why don't you take me back? I It probably was a workshop, but I'm not sure. Take me back to where you were in your career at that time. And as we've talked about, well, like the things we were talking about, because you really mentioned how that was such a platform for your growth and the learnings there. Although your career, of course, didn't start there. No, it didn't. Um, you know, and my career started very much in, uh, in tech anyway, in field marketing. And um, I started at Ariba as a field marketing manager for the West Coast and learned a lot just around uh, enterprise sales and that motion and what it takes uh, to be successful and understanding pipeline dynamics and all that other stuff. So I didn't come in traditionally into into a you know marketing coordinator role in tech. Uh, when we met uh, at Taleo, I was running field marketing globally, was hiring a team. Uh, I was fascinated by marketing automation. Uh, I had just implemented it at Ariba before I left. Uh, it was right at that cusp of, you know, the Marketo Eloqua Wars and and uh, making life easier for marketers. And I was lucky enough to work at a company where we used you guys uh, to come in and help us build out, I think, probably one of the best in class Eloqua implementations that, that has ever been recorded, right? Um, and I learned there how to go do all of that mm -hmm. and how to understand metrics, how to build campaigns, um, how to work with agencies, uh, especially in this new space of demand gen and what you needed to be successful. So uh, I learned a lot, uh, serious decisions waterfall. That's the first time I learned that um, and what it took uh, to be successful there from a forecasting perspective and reporting perspective. Uh, but I also had that unique perspective from the field. Yeah. And what we needed to do to get the field to pay attention to all these leads right. that we were creating. So uh, that was a pivotal, pivotal moment in my career, for sure. I remember in that workshop, um, you not only had the mind of the marketer, but because you had a background in sales, you really understood what it's like to be 
a salesperson and be on the receiving end of leads getting thrown over the wall from marketing and and such. I did a workshop uh, this week. It's God, what a blur. Like, I can't believe, you know, for you, you and I right now, it's Friday, end of the week. Next week is Thanksgiving. Uh, and I spent earlier part of this week in a, ready for this, conference room with 20 other people uh, wow. in Dallas. And it was like the time that we spent together. Just fast forward that 12 years, another company, a uh, $40 billion company, one of the largest companies in the world, doing the same type of workshops that you and I did 12 years ago. I was there with my team, and, and this time I served as the uh, meeting facilitator and moderator because there's a lot of big decisions that were being made. And it was nice to see, you know, back then, I think I was the consultant, and it was nice yep. to see uh, the folks uh, there on my team leading these workshops, which was cool. Uh, for so many people in that room, probably what you were going through at the time, we are talking about modern marketing methodologies. We're talking about lead scoring, nurturing, operationalizing the demand funnel, all things that are now, you know, common knowledge for you, um, kind of do it in your sleep type of stuff, lead a team to be able to do it. And the point that I want to make there for, for everybody tuning in is that foundational knowledge gives you such strength as a marketing leader, right? Even though you're not building out that lead scoring model or leading those discussions and you've got marketing operations people and demand gen people and marketing automation people, you understand the concepts and how to apply the concepts to the business, right? Yeah. And, and I've had so many of my team members who have run demand gen or marketing ops, and they always tell me, you know, enough to be dangerous mm -hmm. <laughs> when it comes to this stuff, because I, I learned, I think early on the semantics and what it means, what all those things mean and why it's so important. And nurture is not a set and forget, right? Like I vividly remember that conversation, yes. I think in one of the, the workshops that we did, right. Um, and learning that so early on in my career, I have been able to come in within a very short amount of time and establish like that sales and marketing alignment from a definition perspective, from a uh, what are we getting out of marketing perspective, which for a lot of companies, I think still struggle with. And um, being able to lead teams and give my advice on how to go do that yeah. and not like to your point, right? Like I'm not going in and, and rewriting lead scoring, but I can take a look at things and translate them from a communication standpoint so people can understand what's actually happening behind the scenes. Well, let's, let's talk about the role today, what kind of skills and expertise you need, how you get that. But I want to share some really big news with you. Are you ready to get some news that nobody outside yes. our organization knows? Super excited. It's big. It's big. Uh, so seven months ago, at the time of this recording in March, we joined... BDO Digital. And when I got to BDO Digital, I soon learned that as part of a wholly owned subsidiary of BDO, that we did not have a marketing department within our organization. Even though we were hundreds of people and going to market, uh, that as the group was born, the decision was made to centralize marketing across the organization and support us. And for reasons we won't go into on the podcast, but important reasons, we are now going to stand up our own marketing department within our group. Awesome. We're gonna build a website from scratch. There's no domain that we currently have for BDO Digital, so we're securing that. We are gonna build out our own marketing 
stack and processes and everything that you and I have done together throughout the journey and you've done several times now, we're going to do here. And I'm super excited about it. As a partner within BDO, I will lead the initiative and I'm going to hire a head of marketing, which is the context of what I wanted to bring. So I'm, I wrote the job description, you know, just within the last week and I was reviewing it with HR today. And so going through those things, which I'd like to talk about, you know, this gave me a chance to really think in today's day and age, what am I looking for in that marketing leadership? And you're doing that job so we can, we can unpack these things. What do you think, if you were to be advising me on who Mm -hmm. I'm looking for, what's some of the things that you think skills wise, experience wise should be top of the list? a great question. And I think a lot of, um, a lot of folks are kind of going through this. I mean, from what you've explained to me, you know, it's very much like a startup, right? Like you're building this startup and you're starting from scratch on all of these marketing aspects. And, um, I think the most important thing is to find someone who's scrappy and somebody who is willing to roll up their sleeves and do the work. Um, and has maybe done a little bit of everything, might not be an expert in every single thing. You know, we talk about a, uh, a full stack marketer, right? Somebody that's done everything and seen it all. Um, you know, it would be great to find that, but those don't exist mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> very much, right? There's a, there's a few people that are can truly say that they're full stack marketers. And um Find somebody that's willing to learn that, you know, can do one, maybe one or two things really well, but with some support um, through either through agencies or mentors can pick up the other stuff as they go kind of on the job training. Do you think, uh, great advice, um, and that hands-on, you know, getting your hands dirty, we are really a startup, you know, the BDO Digital is only a few years new and what what's exciting i think for this person when we find them to come in and build out their team is they're doing this for my group and the other groups and the demand generation group like we're the, we're the best at this right i mean for them to have they'll build out their own team but for them to have a bench of people that do this for clients day in and day out put together all the technologies and methods is very exciting for this person but i, I the question for you is Am I looking for someone who's done a startup before, or am I looking for someone who's led marketing for a hundred million dollar plus professional services company? Because that's who we are, but we have, we're starting from scratch. It's a ground floor opportunity. Yeah. That's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting conundrum, right? And like for a very long time in my career, hiring people, um, I would shy away from big company people because it is really hard to find somebody who's used to being at a big company to be able to, you know, roll up their sleeves again or try and do something with a eighth of the resources that they used to have, right? Like, no, you don't get to spend $5 million on demand gen. You get to spend, you know, 15 K a month, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a dramatic um, change for somebody and it's a mental shift. Uh, and there's a lot of things you can do to be scrappy and, you know, budget, you know, marketing on a dime, uh, I call it. And I would hope you could find somebody that has done the startup thing that understands how different that is, but maybe has spent a couple years at a larger company so that they do understand kind of where you're going yeah. and what you're part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like 
when I hire, I look for people that have done a mixture of both, um, especially if they're either going to be leading a particular uh, department so that they understand both sides of the uh, of the equation. How do you balance uh, strategy and all the way down to, to tactics? Meaning like, I'll, gi I'll give you an example, day in the life of some of the things that we're working on right now. Um, for any of us looking on looking at us on YouTube, because we, we put the podcast on all the podcast platforms, but we also upload them to YouTube in a, in a special playlist. And if you, which you can see, like there's the Dimension Radio branding right there. Yeah. And we've yeah. actually just worked on the rebrand to put Dimension TV and Dimension Radio into the BDO digital brand. And we, I would have loved it to be in this episode, but it'll be either in the next one or certainly <laughs> by January 1st, uh, those releases. And when we were sitting on the calls, you know, looking at the creative for it, it's the right brain, right? It's what mm -hmm. looks right. What makes everything look, feel? Do we want to make the video windows larger, smaller? What backgrounds do we want? Like, you know, even though it's nice with the keyboard and the the headset and the and the microphone, that it's like a, you know, it's a podcast, we, it's off brand, right? So we want right. to create new graphics. And so you need all these artistic skills if you have to be involved in the decisions and then in that conversation was how do we break all these components up for the software that we use them in and the publishing so it's everything from the right brain of creativity to if if you're small and scrappy to knowing to advise the agency how to dice all those images up and bring it in and i'm just curious and my question to you is how do you approach that? And do you, do you get energy from it? Is it stressful? Do you like one aspect over the other of having to be like, you know, master of all this knowledge, but you're always learning, as you said earlier, you're, if you ever feel, you know, everything you don't, uh, that's right. the first thing you don't know is that you don't know. You don't you know. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, for sure. And I'm a, you know, I think you said it earlier, like the art and science of, of marketing. And I am definitely more on the science side, right? Like I went to college to be an engineer, uh, ended up moving into business. Like my brain is programmed very logically. And I think that's why when it came to marketing automation and metrics, uh, I excelled, right? Because I, I understand that stuff and that's how my brain likes to process information. And I like to make decisions off data. Um, early on in my career, if you got me into a brainstorming session about anything creative, I can probably last about 15 minutes. And then I start to tune out because then I get into, okay, let's make a decision, go into execution mode and get something done. So I've personally had to work a lot on, uh, flexing that side of my brain, the creative side of my brain and leaving space for it. Um, and kind of juggling, what I should get involved in and what I shouldn't get involved in. I mean, perfect example, go back to our Eloqua days, right? You know, fitting a beautiful graphic that a creative designer did into uh, an Eloqua landing page that has certain parameters and you yeah. have to understand coding and all that. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating, right? Uh, on both sides of, of the equation. Like I want something that just fits in this thing, but I also want it to be pretty and I want it to be on brand and I want it to make sense. Um, and most people are either right brain or left brain. And I guess my advice would be if you're one over the other, like if on to an extreme, you've got to work on the other side and you have to leave space for it. 
And if you still struggle with it, surround yourself with people that are really good. 100%. At what you do, yeah. Right. Like I have times where I'm like, I am not in the mood to go look at all these um, digital advertising, you know, the, all these, these ads uh, for SEM. I have somebody on my team that I trust implicitly, right. like you go make the decision. I don't care if it's this yellow or that yellow, I'll leave it up to you. Yeah. Um, and so it's knowing when to back off, I guess, uh, is, is the best advice I could give. That's, I liked what you said about knowing enough to be dangerous. Um, I, I've heard some, th there's a, a great book that was recommended to me, which I think everybody should read called The Effective Executive. And Rob Mayo over at Splunk was the one who was talking about how he read it during paternity leave. And so he turned me on to it. I've been listening to the audiobook, and I really, really like it. And one of the things that is mentioned in that book is about playing to your strengths instead of focusing on your weaknesses. And I think the later you get in your career, look, we always want to sharpen our saw and learn new stuff for sure. But I liked what you said, which is if you don't, for example, have that technical acumen, hire a really good head of marketing operations who's got that technical acumen to round out the, the team and, and address your gaps. That person like you, like that person may not be as comfortable with the art of marketing, but they can tell you the most effective way to set up, you know, uh, a pick list within your CRM and map, map it back to your marketing automation system or, right. you know, technically challenged things, which, you know, the artists may not know and understand. And that's what's fascinating about marketing these days is that the discipline of marketing is so wide in terms yeah. of the skills that a, the department and the function needs. Along with, by the way, writing up the job description, the other thing that I did was put together a spreadsheet for the budget for the next two years. Staffing, budget plan, as well as all the programs, budget, everything for the entire thing to be able to go get the funds approved. And I like sending it over to our CFO within our group. And, and he said, he goes, wow, I haven't, I haven't seen a spreadsheet this good unless it came out of the finance department. And let me tell you, I, I didn't know how to build great spreadsheets when, you know, earlier in my career, but after you keep creating them and building them and you see people, you know, ingest the information, you learn how to really highlight things and lay things out. So, I mean, yeah, we need to know the Microsoft office. We need to understand all the marketing technology. We need to understand how to be an executive leader and, and create yep. culture within the group, right? Yep. What, yeah. What else on would the, I be? Go ahead. I was just going to say on the finance note, I mean, I think that's something that I learned, especially when I was at Jive, right? Like I really had no exposure to finance up until that point. And um, I remember when I got there and, and I took over demand gen and because I was, I was hired to do field marketing, but I put my name in the ring to, to lead demand gen and um, they had no, they had no funnel and no definitions and, you know, nothing like that. And so I got to work with somebody, you know, my finance business partner, and we, we still joke to this day that we're best friends um, because I had no idea how finance looked at my world. And he had no idea what the heck was going on in marketing. And we just asked each other a ton of questions and we built this beautiful model together and, you know, uh, got all the money that we needed to go execute because we had all the numbers there. But I wouldn't have gotten that unless I asked for the help. And I said, I don't know how to do this. I have no idea how to put a budget together that's outside of just field marketing. Uh, you know, can you, what do you want to go see? And then in turn, 
I could go tell him, this is how I look at the budget. And this is the buckets that I have. And, you know, don't go put analyst relations stuff in the demand gen bucket, because then I'm going to have a funky ROI, right? Like all those kind of little tiny conversations that you wouldn't necessarily know that you need to have actually can help you be very successful. Mm -hmm. And from that experience, I've learned that finance should be my best friend (laughs) everywhere I go, because other than the sales organization, I'm probably going to spend the most amount of money. Um, And then when you get to, to the executive level, when you start to talk to the CFO and talk to the board, you need to learn how to talk in a finance perspective not a let's talk about brand let's talk Mm -hmm. about leads let's talk about investment and let's talk about return i love that you allowed yourself to be vulnerable and someone who didn't know uh didn't have that expertise around building spreadsheets and building budgets and went to the cfo for that coaching and advice it's so hard to teach that in the youth of today they come out of school and they go into these jobs and they think we as leaders expect them to know everything we don't that's why we hired them actually is because they their cup are empty and we want to teach them and and provide them the expertise to help the business grow what we want from them is their energy is their creativity is is their fresh ideas uh and and their world and the belief that they can do anything in the world right because if you've been with a company for a long time especially in a large company you might make decisions a lot slower and you might not take risks because you're afraid of, of various, you know, how the impact or non-impact from those decisions. And I just remember my youth and going into organizations. I worked at Microsoft, you know, straight out of college. And I had big, bright ideas of what Microsoft could do with their new Windows and Windows applications, you know, and, and but yeah. yet I didn't know much about sales or marketing and those things, but I really understood technologies and software. And that's why they hired me. It was just that I could actually explain it to somebody. But they had to teach me the script and the demo of Word and Excel, PowerPoint, all those other things. I didn't know their products, but I certainly had a natural aptitude for show and tell of technology. Still still yep. doing it today. Um, yeah. What else am I looking for? So I'm I'm interviewing now for this, this person uh, and you're thinking about yourself and the expertise and knowledge that you have. What, uh, what else am I looking for? What advice do you have? Um, I think look for somebody who's done it before, right? Look for somebody who's at least been a part of building something from scratch uh, because it's a very different set of skills that and it's a very unique set of skills to be able to make something out of nothing. Um, so, you know, somebody who maybe has done it before, uh, at a, at a smaller scale, mm-hmm. um, that has, you know, stood up a website that can kind of be a Jack or Jane of all trades. Uh, that would definitely be something that, that I would look for. Um, and somebody just culturally that's going to get along, um, because they're going to have to be an agent of change. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be able to have communications probably outside of BDO digital, right. To, to make things happen. Um, so somebody that can, can do that. And I mean, you can easily see that. in I think in an interview, someone that can carry themselves, someone that has, uh, you know, a level of EQ, uh, and that can get people motivated, right? Like that's one of the things like when I'm hiring for somebody in a change, change agent role, uh, like analyst relations would be a big one for us, right? Somebody that can 
inspire and motivate and can get people excited about something, uh, I think is definitely a trait you should be looking for. Let's um, talk about context switching, right? Mm -hmm. Your day, you may have four, five, six hours meetings and different things that you have to do. How do you handle the context switching of, of a head of marketing, right? Everything from those, the little detail projects to the big strategic initiatives and everything in between that have to happen in, in a day. Cause it's a, you know, you're, if you're a mechanic in a car shop, you're basically working on a car uh, and you're repairing it. And you have to have a range of knowledge about maybe what's happening with that particular vehicle. But I find again, in the discipline of marketing, the range of work and knowledge that you need just throughout the day is pretty expansive. And I'm wondering with you as head of marketing, how you deal with that? Because it can get tiring. It gets, it gets real tiring. Like Fridays, I'm usually exhausted because it's been a lot of that all week. Um, I've tried everything. Like I, uh, I've read somewhere, I can't even remember what book or blog post it was. Like pick a day for everything, right? Like Monday's design day, Tuesday's ops day, Wednesday's this day, and kind of arrange your one-on-ones to fit in that context, but that goes out the door within two weeks, right? Cause just life happens, right? You're needed somewhere else. Um, and so for me, I try and like take as many breaks as I can between switching, right? Allow my brain to do the switch, mm-hmm. right? Like if I know I've got, I've got an executive meeting on Monday morning where I'm talking to my peers on the executive staff, uh, about, you know, all the things strategy wise, right? There's probably not a lot of tactical stuff that's happening, but then, right. You know, then I have a meeting with my designer, uh, we do our one-on-one and what she, her prioritization for the week. And then I'm on the phone with the SEO, SEM agency in the afternoon, talking about results and tweaking all the stuff that we need to tweak. And, um, but I allow myself to have breaks in between. So I can either go outside and walk or get my brain kind of ready mm-hmm. um, to be able to have that conversation. Because if I don't do that, and I've seen it happen so many times, I, I, I get completely sidetracked in a meeting. I'll start answering emails. I won't pay attention uh, because my brain hasn't had a second to like process what I just left. Does that make sense? That definitely. So now it's now it's uh, month one for this person. Mm-hmm. Who do you think they're going to hire first as their lieutenants? Again, ground floor opportunity, right? Nothing in place. Mm-hmm. Um, who are they going to hire first? They, reflecting on your own uh, initiative. Imagine you have clean slate. You don't you don't have an yeah. org chart. It's just you. You're in a square. Ready go. Where where are you investing in terms of your first hires? Um, well, I think it depends on what the objectives are, right? Like if it is to go create pipeline, if it's to go do brand, if it's depending on what, like the first, uh, order of business is, um, I think that dictates a lot of who's going to get hired and when, uh, for me, I hire for the things that I don't necessarily have strength in, Mm -hmm. right? So product marketing is usually one of the first hires that I would make because I'm not a strong product marketer. I've never done it um, in the sense of, you know, being a product marketer at a tech company. Um, I've done product marketing things, but I've never had that role. Yeah. Um, so I need somebody that has done it and can do it and can write 
content and can, you know, do all the presentations and all the sales enablement stuff. Like I just know that that's not a strong skill set for me. Um, that's usually the first person I hire. Now, other places I've been, uh, if let's say it's an enterprise sales company and everyone's screaming for pipeline and nobody has any respect for marketing, first person I'm going to hire is probably a head of field marketing, mm-hmm. somebody that can go bridge that gap that, you know, can build the programs and make them feel like they're getting something out of the marketing organization. Um, so I think it's, you know, both, right. It's find, find the first hire should be somebody that complements this person's skill set um, if they're lacking in one area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second is hire the person that you're going to need the most help in. Yeah. It's a, it's a great looking org chart. I got to tell you, you got a head of marketing, head of marketing operations, head of demand generation, solution group marketing leaders, campaign specialists, marketing specialists, content marketing people. You know, for me in my career where I am now, uh, for me to get to build the A team and and again, like I said, leverage my team's expertise. You know, we, we don't have to go hire an outside agency to do any yeah. of the work that we need to do. Uh, we've got the best talent in the world right here. Yeah, I want awesome. to take a moment because I I am so proud of you. I remember 12 years ago being in that workshop. And when you're conducting a workshop, you read the room and you look and see who are the people that are not only came and showed up to learn, but to participate. And you were always a participant. You were always a sponge. You know, working around Tom and working around Doug, uh, I think, you know, you, you looked at this team of, people who wanted to change the world when it came to marketing. Nobody had operationalized the serious decisions demand funnel uh, the way that you guys had done that. And, you know, Doug and I loved working together and taking a look at their methodology on a PowerPoint slide. And let's say, let's build that. Let's actually operationalize all that, turn it into a system. And this workshop earlier this week, I mean, the slides look a little different, but it's the same concepts. And you were sponging it up soaking it up. And I, you know, it's, if you were a stock, I would have bet on you. I mean, I would have bought you because I knew this is someone who's going to be a rising star just by the way that you were participating in. And to see you go from those levels to director, to VP and, and CMO, just want to take a moment and say how, how proud I am. What an inspiration I think you have now become to so many other people and your involvement in uh, the organizations, just helping to advance the careers of other people. So good on you. I hope your parents understand Thank what you, you do. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty proud. I mean, they're pretty proud of me. Like my dad was a, uh, he's retired now, but SVP of uh, operations and procurement and supply chain at a lot of companies. And um, I definitely looked up to him, right? And, and saw his career evolve and his promotions and moving around the world with him uh, when I was young. And it was always something that I aspired to do uh, was to be an executive like my dad. And I think I learned a lot from him uh, and, and always be learning. Right. Um, and he's actually now retired, but he teaches engineering management at San Jose state. Um, and he's also involved as an entrepreneur at Santa Clara university, a mentor for, for social entrepreneurs. So um, I've had a, a very good mentor in my life um, to, 
to be proud of me, but also to push me uh-huh. <laughs> to do things that, you know, that I didn't think I was able to do. So um, I still remember though, Dave, in, in those meetings and, and Tom, Tom's like one of my favorite marketing operations people in, in the world. I think he's brilliant um, and just learning and listening. And even if I didn't have to do the work, just trying to understand the concepts behind things and why certain things had to be, um, be done. Um, you know, or even Quiche sitting and um, yeah. watching her teach me Eloqua and how to code, yeah. uh, <laughs> how to do HTML yeah. coding and Eloqua. Um, and it's stuff that I laugh about now, but I do think it helped me understand what I can ask my marketing ops person to do and mm-hmm. what I can't, what's feasible in the technology and what's yeah. not. Quiche is another one. Been been great to watch her. And yeah. Yeah, because I've been doing this now for so long, over 14 years, I've got to see you guys get married, have kids, you know, and not just create cultures and departments and stacks and demand generation programs, but create families as well. Today, actually, tomorrow technically is the sixth anniversary of my dad passing. And so it's really nice to hear you talk about the relationship you have with your dad and he was a key mentor for me, as as was my grandma, and they both passed in the same six months. So it's been a hard last six years to not show them and explain to them, you know, where my career journey went and and what's happened here. But I think about them, and that's awesome that you and your dad yeah. have that relationship. And I I have it with my girls now, who have both entered the field of marketing, and we talk a lot mm-hmm. about. In fact, I'd like to chat with you about a little topic while we're continuing on this: the role of the CMO. Um, we'll talk about the youth uh, today in marketing before we wrap up. Let's ask you, though, a lesson, a failure. You know, we all fail forward. We make mistakes. Maybe it was a company you went to or a meeting that you handled or a program that you go, oh, God, I dread that or or just anything. We we all learn most when we hear about tales of the tape from someone else and a mistake that they made or wish they would have done, done differently. What uh, do you have one of those top of mind for yourself? Oh, gosh, I've got so many of those. <laughs> um, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I think we learn the most from seeing people fall down and get back up again. But I also think personally, we learn the most when we fall down and, you know, we kind of uh, try and get ourselves, dust ourselves off and, and keep going. Um Early on in my career, I worked for a company called DataQuick. Um, I was right out of college and I was in sales and, and sales support. And um, I was selling lists, um, you oh, know, God. I was running the lists. Yeah, I know. I know. This is why I don't buy lists. Because well, I, I worked. Yeah, you knew, you knew <laughs> I where know those exactly. lists were created from. Yeah, I knew exactly what was happening. Um, and, you know, I was, I, you know, I was accelerating in my career. Um, I was, you know, about to be promoted to an actual sales rep and be given a quota. And uh, I remember right before that, I had to run a bunch of reports for a pretty big client. And I did them super fast. And this was back in the day where you had to run the report. And it took 24 hours to spit out the results um, to actually spit out the list. Um, So I remember running the report and you know, I had got it all set and the next morning I didn't check it. I just sent it off and the sales guy trusted me. So he didn't check my work either. And it was completely wrong. And I had missed a bunch of key criteria that they needed. And, uh, I remember getting called into an office and being told that my job was on the line. And that if I made another mistake like that, that I wouldn't get 
a promotion. I wouldn't, you know, have a great career that I needed to learn how to check my work and be less, you know, not be as arrogant or confident in my work. Um, and it, I took it real hard, real hard. And I remember coming home and crying a lot about it. And I showed up the next day and I always double check my work now. Right. It was just something that I had to learn. And I ended up, you know, actually moving into product marketing uh, there for a minute. And then I ended up leaving and, and getting my master's. But um, it taught me a really good lesson. And I've had, uh, you know, we hire people right out of college all the time and uh, they are prone to making mistakes. And it's okay, but you have to call them out on it and you have to tell them what they're doing wrong or else they're never going to learn. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've known, I had a, a coworker at host analytics who would call me, uh, uh, mom boss and, uh, cause I'm a mom, mm -hmm. but also the way that I lead and the way that I manage my team is I am the mom that's going to support you and be there for you a hundred percent of the time. But if you do something wrong, I'm going to tell you, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to mince words about it and, you know, we'll move on and I'll still love you, but, um, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Do you watch Ted Lasso? I have not. It is on my list. Okay. So I, I won't spoil any material content for you, but there is a scene. It's not a, but there is a scene, uh, where one of the assistants to the team talks to each of the players before a big game and gives them a talk and it's brutal feedback. And I won't tell you what happens in the game, but it makes me think about what you're talking about. We as managers have to let people know when they are underperforming and what good performance looks like. We have to set clear expectations going into it. And when they fail, we have to let them know. Uh, you know, shout out to Tracy Davis on my team. This workshop that we did this week, Tracy drove over an hour, possibly two hours, to the location and videotaped the conference room and sent that to the team to help prepare us to know how the space allocation would be and Very planning cool. for the room. Uh, we handled all the logistics of of the meals and the agendas and you know backup preparation for any tools that we would need in the meeting. And I love when I see teammates so proactive in the planning uh, and, and just being prepared. And so, so many people come unprepared uh, for things. But also, you know, I know I know of someone, I talked to her about a week ago. She made a mistake in marketing. I do a lot of career coaching these days. And she was worried she was going to get fired. And I said, you're not going to get fired for that unless you repeatedly keep making mistakes. Yeah. If you're careless... Because pulling the wrong list can definitely have serious repercussions, as as we know. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's talk about the youth in marketing these days, because I'm sure you we talked a little bit about that when you and I were catching up a couple of weeks ago. I'm seeing tremendous anxiety and stress uh, with the youth. I have some belief systems around COVID, keeping everyone locked up, that we haven't had as much social face to face interaction, so it's causing. You know, depression, as I understand it, is, you know, holding in sadness, holding in fears causes depression. And all these kids working from home, and, and I think a lot of us working from home, are not getting some of the feedback and interaction, chance to talk about stuff 
Are you seeing this in your organization? Am I just seeing pockets of it? Or do you think this is something that we're all as leaders needing to be aware of? I think we all need to be aware of it. I mean, I see it not necessarily in, in, in my team. I have a very small team. Um, but I am seeing it with other folks that are younger and that have worked for me in the past and they call me now and again for advice. And, and I do think there's this, um, there's no boundaries, um, you know, around getting your work done or a work hour, right. You're not commuting somewhere and commuting home, right. There's no end to the day. And I think for people that have been used to that or, need structure in their life like that, um, that can be, uh, that can create a ton of anxiety. Um, I also think managers are tired. People are tired about being on Zoom. Uh, they're tired of having meetings. And instead of taking the time to give that feedback, I think people just end the Zoom meeting and hope it just gets better by itself. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's a very valid point. I think it is uh, affecting the youth a little bit more, uh, maybe than some of us more mature people. Uh, but I still have it too, right? Like I have anxiety. Like I went a year and a half without meeting my boss, without mm -hmm. meeting my CEO. And I have, I have a good relationship with him. We get on zoom calls, you know, once a week to have a one-on-one, -on -one. but you know, it wasn't actually until this week that I met him in person and like, we just, we gave each other a big hug and it was like, oh my God, it's so cool to meet you. And, you know, we all ended up having a nice dinner with a bunch of the other executives. And I didn't know how much I missed that and how much I needed that to feel more connected to my job. Yeah. I, uh, I'm worried about society. I, I care about people and I just, I see a lot of depression and a lot of anxiety and my advice, not that I'm an expert on this, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm just a guy, you know, who's a marketing geek. Uh, mm -hmm. That find that transition in your day. Uh, for me, when I started the business and worked out of my home in 2007, I took up remote controlled airplanes, which later became drones. And I would build these in the garage on the weekend. And then I would leave my house, go to the park, fly, and then come home. And when I came home, work, work was over. That was a transition. So for some people that could be a hike or a bike ride or, you know, something else or, or go call somebody, go call the friend or family and, and do it in the backyard or outside the house. So you literally have that transition. Very good for your mental health to feel just like we crave seasons and change. We're biologically wired to, um, like contrast and change. So it's good that we feel it during the day. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to run by, I'm going to run this by you and run it by everybody. This is an idea. We're going to have a little wrap up with a little marketing idea. So on the podcast and on demand gen TV, I'm always thinking about what content is good for all of you. Uh, and I love hearing from someone like you on your lessons and what, it, what we should be looking for in a head of marketing. And, uh, should I chronicle the journey that we're about to start? Should I create content? about what we are doing here, um, the hiring of these people, the, the decision on our website, the implementation of systems and what we're doing and, and talk episodes. Maybe they're solo episodes with me or members of my team. 
but I think like no one's ever made the, I'm going to call it the, the Netflix documentary of standing up a marketing department from scratch and all the things that are involved in doing it. And so it's an idea that I wrote down the other day on, on a flight. Uh, certainly we're all busy, but I think it, I personally think it could be quite fun content. I wanted to run it by you. And for all of you listening, I'm just a LinkedIn away. I would love for you to shoot me a note uh, and give me advice and, and you know, whether this kind of content and what specifically around the content would be helpful. I put together a budget, an org chart. We'll be hiring the people, building out our stack. We're going down the entire journey. And so we can certainly document it and talk about it uh, and video about it. What do you think? Crazy idea? I think a, no, I think it's a great idea. I think you know, building a, a marketing organization and hiring, I mean, none of that stuff was taught in school. Uh, it's all been on the job training for most of us. Uh, and some of us have been lucky enough to be in organizations that have done it very well. Most of us have been in organizations that don't do it well at all. Uh, so I think having a guide like that would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, I've thought about doing, uh, creating a, a blog. Uh, Dave Kellogg said it would be a good idea just around, you know, first time CMO uh, trials and tribulations, right? What are some of the things that uh, you didn't expect in the job and some of the things that you've had to do um, and the fun stories along the way? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's great. There needs to be more education about that. Like it's We all have a lot of technical, you know, resources and vendors become our teachers uh, from a technical perspective and and what to, what to measure and, and all that stuff. But from a career perspective, especially for marketers, I think it would be brilliant if you could go document that uh, and, and air it on the podcast. Well, it's definitely my, you know, when I wrote it down, I'm like, I, I think it's a good idea. I think people would want to tune into that. But let me hear from you guys. That is a call to action. By the way, I want to thank Erica. I got the names here. Erica, Mike, Stephen, Michelle, and Robert for dropping me notes on LinkedIn because on a recent episode, I said, you guys out there, it's a little lonely. I mean, we get quality time together, but I wanna know that you guys are watching the program, listening it. I have thick skin. If there's stuff that's happening on the program that you think we should change, shorten the episodes, lengthen the episodes, increase the number of episodes per week, I'd love to hear from you guys. I mean, we're we're going on this journey together and, and I wanna thank you, Christelle, for joining me and sharing your story. Excuse me, again, I am so proud of you. Just, just keep, doing what you're doing. I love seeing your LinkedIn feeds pop up. I think we're even connected on Facebook. I can't quite tell which social media platforms I'm I'm seeing everybody on these days because everything's so interconnected. <laughs> but yeah. um, have a wonderful holiday, wonderful Thanksgiving. You too. Yeah. You too. Hugs to the family. And uh, I'm sure we'll stay in touch. And good luck with your hire. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let me close out this episode. I'll be right back with you. Um, to all of you, thank you for a wonderful year. Uh, as you heard, the rebrand is coming. It's going to look different on YouTube. It's going to look different on Demand Gen TV. Still will be Demand Gen TV, still will be Demand Gen Radio, but we are dressing up the look and feel, and we're starting to plan the content for calendar 2022. So if you guys have ideas, if there's types of guests, types of content you want me to cover more, if you're dealing with depression or mental health, please talk to people about it so that you can get help. This is a common, common theme I am hearing uh, with my friends, with their children, with the people that I work with and their colleagues. So the only way that you can really get help for yourself and address whether it's depression, anxiety, 
is to let people know that you're feeling it. And that includes me. If I can help you in any way, certainly reach out. Although I'm not a mental health professional, the message is I'm there for you. So if it's helping you with your career or helping you with the projects and things that you're tackling with, there is help out there. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. We will catch you guys on the next, next episode. I hope you had a wonderful holidays, wonderful new year ahead. And I can't wait for 2022 together. I cannot believe it's here. Take care. We'll catch you on the next episode. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 